Tony, Tony makes it seem like, yeah, he's like Nesta and Maldini crossbreed. Yep. That's nuts. No, I don't. Tony talks about men that are playing champ and premise that it should have been him. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not letting you I'm not letting you on the show like this, right? Because we've actually spoke about this on Ballers Corner. So if you've actually listened to all our episodes, you would have seen me talk about it in terms of where I see myself. All right. Listen, don't listen to these fools. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a baller still, he's a baller. Composure. Checkers. Pace. Come on. Pace pace was <laughs> not anymore. The belly grew out. <laughs> We're live, back, back, back. What's going on, people? Back, Ballers Corner. Welcome back to the Ballers Corner podcast, people. We've got me in the building, Shay. We've got Tony in the building. We've got Corona in the building. And we've got a special guest in the building. But I'm going to let Tony introduce him. You get me? Because Tony has brought him here. We wanted to, you get what I'm saying, get into his career and get a proper dive and in-depth, like, understanding about, like, grassroots and how things can just change just like that. We're gonna just let Tony go through right now. We've got a, got a yank in the building. Or what what must to be a yank, you know? He left us to go overseas for a bit. Um, I'm happy to introduce my good friend Daniel Williams, formerly of Reading and uh, also of Cumberland University in the US. Whereabouts was that, Daniel? Where did, where is Cumberland University? Uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. I'm from nowhere, Tennessee. I said you out there with the um hooting the white bitches. <laughs> the the hootenannies and the um them and the rednecks. Is that what Tennessee? I don't even know what Tennessee is. I don't even know what, Yeah, it is the redneck side, I like. I feel like it is. I don't know what the stereotype of Tennessee is, but um yeah, that must have been crazy. But thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on. Um we basically just wanted to bring you on here to give some insight in regards to you know your journey. The differences between Sunday League and actually playing academy football because you was at Reading for a couple of years, um, yeah. and obviously the decision that took you to America, and then um, what the difference in football between how they coach in the UK and how they coach in America, and you obviously experience in both can kind of tell us uh, which is better. Then you will tell us a bit about yourself. Like, what is it that got you into football, and uh, yeah, what got you got what got you playing? Yeah, before we start, I want to let everyone know I'm not anybody. I don't think I'm anyone. I'm just a normal guy. Just plays football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, bro, rate your team, bro. Because I know the type of ballers you might have on here, so I'm just, I'm just. Nah, I'm just, I hear that, yeah, but bro, at the end of the day, yeah, we're not a podcast that like just go for any names or anything like that. Yeah, we so, came on, he took the pressure we himself immediately. He said, "Nah, I'm not." <laughs> Nah, like, literally, bro, we're a podcast for the football, bro. We want to talk about things where, like, not every podcast is talking about, bro. Like, there's a story here that no one else has probably spoken about, so do you get what I'm saying? Forget like, about them. Forget about them. Like, you you have something unique in the fact that you played in the US, so you have a different story to tell, and that's exactly why we brought you on here, so. Yeah, not about me, just somebody. letting everyone know, innit? Yeah. Just letting everyone know. Yeah. Humble geezer. But, yeah, <laughs> what was the question? Yeah, what 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 made you get into football? Like, 
So what? Seven? I say seven or eight years old. Yeah. Um, my dad, shout out Tunde, <laughs> took me and my cousin to some local thing that was in um Wembley at the time. Yeah. My cousins were a couple years older than me, so um, I was playing with the older kids, and then that was a what like once a week, not a club, just like a you know them them pointless one hour sessions that that people take their kids to to like just get them to play football and that and. The guy was like, "Yeah, he seems he seems like he's he's got a bit about him, so I think he should join the Sunday team." So that's what I did. Went to Arsenal Rangers um, from seven. This time, these times I was fucking right footed, mm-hmm. and uh, I went to like a Watford development centre. And yeah. they said, "Yeah, you're not good enough. You need to work on your left foot." So. I just worked on my left foot now. I'm left footed. Booming left foot. Hey, come on. Shout out to the left footed club. Come on. Booming left foot. Like, interesting story about Daniel is he's actually right handed, left footed. Is something that's strange. Like, I'm the exact yeah. same, bro. I'm the exact same. Yeah. No, One in a million. Come on. Are you left handed, Tony? I'm not. I'm right handed. How's that strange then? You're right. You're left footed, bro. I'm not left footed. Why do you think I'm left footed? No, you're not left footed. <laughs> no, it's because he, because he, I, because I like oh, to play, I like to play on the left hand side. Oh. I, like, I like to play on the left hand side. I've always, I've always found it more comfortable playing the left hand side. I feel like when I get the ball, um, I can turn inwards and see the whole pitch. So Sorry, I man. See, I could tell the difference. I could tell the difference. And obviously, yeah, my, left foot, my left foot's kind of good as well, isn't it? So I think that's why I can't. That's a challenge, shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> my left foot's kind of good. See, I wait, can, wait, I wait. Can, like, Carole baffled. Wait, me. question, question, though, Daniel. Have you played with him? Mm. Yeah, yeah, we're about to play um, this season as well. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, I mean, when you yeah, were young, man. When yeah, you were younger. School, school. School? Mm-hmm. One to ten, how good, how good or bad is Tony? <laughs> just because it's, you know, he talked up his thing a couple of times, innit? So we I need to just know from you. I said I talked up his <laughs> Listen, uh, your friends are in the building. Because, what's he said? Because we were talking in the gym the other day. He was saying the matching. So what's he been saying to you? Like, saying that that he, <laughs> Tony, Tony makes it seem like, yeah, he's like Nesta and Maldini crossbreed. Yep. That's nuts. No, I don't. So only talks about man that are playing champ and prem and said it should have been him. No, <laughs> <laughs> He's politics, man. Uh, I'm not letting you I'm not letting you uh, on the show like this, right? Because we've actually spoke about this on Ballers Corner. So if you've actually listened to all our episodes, you would have seen me talk about it in terms of where I see myself. All right. Listen, don't listen to these fools. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a baller still. He's a baller. Composure. Checkers. Oh. Pace. No, Ace, no, not Come on. Ace Pace was there. Not anymore. The belly grew out. Pace ain't there no more. But, Ace. like, try to draw me out of my own show. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, the real thing is, I've seen Corral playing it. That's all I'm going to say. So, what's this? Not Corral's in my prime. prime. Not in my prime, bro. You've never seen me. Uncle. Your prime. What was your prime? 12 years bro. old? Nah, nah, nah. My prime years here were actually 16 to 20, bro. I was a player. I was yeah. a, I a video clip. Talk about it. That says different. I was talking about in it. that clip. I was fourteen, bro. So that's outside of my prime. Listen, all <laughs> I'm gonna say is, all I'm gonna say is, if I had bloomed a little bit earlier, I would have at least got a scholar somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. talk your shit, man. Somewhere, your bro. Shit. Yeah, man. The game went. I came late. 
I didn't get the ear right treatment. And mm. here I am now doing podcasts instead of playing and being in Dubai with my friends. So I can relate to any of this, by the way. Like, I, I never like played above Sunday League store. So, yeah, come on. It's, it's, the, it's the fact that you're having fun. That's what counts. So, back to, <laughs> back to Daniel, right? Did you ever play like, on the street? What, what, how did you know you was good or not good enough to actually try out? Because this is something that I've always found interesting about people that end up playing football later on in life. Like, it's always a father figure or someone else that took them to the game, but surely it's got to start from somewhere. Did you play on your cul-de-sac or...? No, because... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there was any kids um, my age around on the streets, but no, I, had a, I had a goal in the back garden. My dad would, would be out there with me working on my touch and that, and then... If he wasn't there, then I'd be on my own, just just banging the ball, smashing bare windows, fucking hitting the ball over fences and that. But no, I kind of worked on it, mm. worked on myself on my own, and then just went from there in it. So how, how did you love work, playing? Though. How did you work on your left foot when the guy at Watford was like, "Your right foot's not good enough. You need to work on your left." No, I have no idea. I have no idea, and then just happened. Just a miracle, you know. And then this was just predominantly left footed now as well, because I'd never used my right foot. That shit's there for standing. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So you didn't become ambidextrous. You just switched all your power to your left. Yeah, my right foot is stiff, bro. Stiff. Ah, that's mud. That's that's mud. My right foot is stiff. Bro, I played football with Daniel at school, right? And you know the man that just stays, they, they, you don't know how to do it, but they just score goals. Yeah, that's 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 what he was like. Like obviously he was pacey, but like in no offense, Daniel, because we're boys, we can talk about this. Mm. For that's 60% cool. of the game, sixty percent of the game, you, you don't you don't see him. Yeah, I don't need nothing. And then <laughs> three minutes of the game, he scored two. Job done. What do you say, Mo Yeah, man. <laughs> this season, the amount of, this season, the amount of games that I I just would score one goal and just disappear. Mm. I wouldn't be subbed off. I just can't work. I've done my job. <laughs> he sounds like me. When I first started playing for the school football team as well, yeah, this is how you know it's stiff, right? But I tr- if I'm not even trying to go, oh, uh, don't about. don't do this. We did this the other day in the gym, please. By training, yeah. I see myself as a midfielder. I've always thought I saw myself as a midfielder, <laughs> and the only team I actually played in my rightful position was our ladies in year seven. Right, because me and me and um, Nico or me and Tom used to play centre mid. I came to London, right, and I won't get you wrong that like my school team had ballers in, in 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 midfield, so I couldn't get in there. They were better than me. I, I can say that without without hurts, but I can say that. <laughs> so these men put me left back, right, and I used to try overlap this guy. That you don't pass the ball, you know. My <laughs> guy don't pass the ball. So how did you get from? Being right-footed to being left-footed to becoming the player that you were because after that Watford situation, um, how did you bounce back? Because you ended up going to Spartans, and um, yeah, went back tell, to tell the man I'm not familiar with Harry League. Yeah, Shane, Shane, Carell, who are familiar with Harry League? What Spartans were saying back in the day in terms of a Sunday League team? Oh, killing it, killing it! I, at the time when I moved there, there was um, one coach. And then he signed for, not he signed, he um, got a job at Watford. Mm. I think it was Watford or QPR. And then he took most of the players there and kind of started fresh, but the team was still booming. 
Um, we're winning everything. And this bear man just got started getting scouted. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's it but really. That's to, Sunday League done. To give more insight to Carell for being a money boy, Spartans mm-hmm. was like the Harrow version of Fletcher Moss. Um, but like the feeder clubs would be the clubs in the area. So Watford and QPR used to come down all the time. So there was two teams. It was three teams. It was Spartans that I remember off the top of my head. Ballers and... Uh, I'm sure Wallstone sure was one of them. Wilstone, yeah, Wilstone was one, yeah, but that was like it was weird. That came later in life. I feel like I think I, I think I want to say Broadwater or something like that. There was these three teams in the Premier League of the PL of the Sunday League, and these lot, used, their players to get cherry picked. So if you were playing for them, you was going to make it. It was only a matter of time. So when you first joined Spartans, how old were you, Daniel? How old was I? Yeah. Uh, what year? Seven, year eight, maybe. And did you know your your best position at that point? Yeah, striker. We knew that from the beginning. Always, always been striker. Yeah, and then, then later on in life, they try to put me left wing, left back. Now back to striker again. Still. So, what was it that that you think? What was when we? Where were you when you were picked up by Reading in the end? What what position? Now, where were you? Like, just what, what, game, you... what game was it? What's what was the scenario? Um. So there was there was a couple kids that they were coming to look at and. We were playing, I think we had some team in Wembley. I scored a hat-trick, mad hat-trick. And then they went and spoke to my dad and was like, yeah, we're looking at him, blah, blah, blah. And then heard nothing and they were still looking at other man. And then I think they came back another game, scored another hat-trick. And then they were like, yeah, come for trial. And then I was, what, year 10? Year yeah. 9, year 10? Mm. And then, um, yeah, went there, striker. Scoring goals, scoring goals. Then I got Osgood, Osgood Sklatter. What's, what's that thing? You know that thing where your your knee gets um, them bumps in it? Yeah, the yeah, growing yeah. pains. Yeah, I got Osgood, Osgood Sklatter, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, but kept playing, kept scoring. And then, yeah, I got my scholar. Kind of early, I think. Mm-hmm. Not early, but it was like year 11 times around Christmas. And yeah. So you, you playing, there, what was that like? So what was that period like when they came to your dad and they were like, oh, we were looking at this guy. What was, for people that have never been scouted in their life before, for kids that obviously are aspiring to be scouted, how does that process happen? So do they send you a letter? Do they call your dad? What, what goes on there? I have no idea. But from, from what I remember is they were some guy in a red end jacket just watching the games. And then afterwards, I see him speaking to my dad and then my dad saying, yeah, they're interested. But it was there was like five, four or five of us that um, got offered the trials, and only two of us that ended up getting signed. The rest went on to do whatever they were doing. But yeah, it wasn't my this isn't my first time being scouted. I was at Fulham. I think I tried at Fulham. And I was some some well, I don't know what age in primary school at some point. Didn't work out because I was too quiet, and then yeah, went back to Sundays. And then Reading came a couple of years later. What do you mean it work out because you're too quiet? What does that mean? That's, that's what they said. That was that was the reason we play about too quiet. Because me, if I don't know someone, if I don't um, feel comfortable, I just won't speak. I was ten times worse when I was a kid. Yeah. So going into that environment, I just turn up, play football, and leave. Wouldn't speak to no one. Wouldn't, wouldn't say a word. So I guess that's not what they're looking for. And 
Maybe worked out for the better. Who knows? Do you have any regrets for that, though? No, because that's just... I was a very, very shy kid. Very shy kid. So I can't can't have any regrets for that. It's just the way I was was when I was younger, isn't it? But it is what it is. Talk to us a bit more about that the trial period at Reading then. So, what's the first thing that you 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 like the first difference that you noticed between Spartans training and obviously your first day, your first week, your first month on a as a trialist at Reading? What stood out for you? Technicality, I'm sure. But it was a young age. So I'm not really too sure. I don't remember. But I remember getting uh, nervous. Um, all the kids had the newest boots. I was blessed to have boots, uh, nice boots, but they had the newest ones. Fucking technically, they're so much better than me. Mm-hmm. But just that was, that was never my thing when I was younger. I was never technically that good. Yeah, my touch was 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 mad. My touch was like yours, mm-hmm. and then uh, like yours. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my touch was like yours. Though. Like who's um, yours? Yours, bro. Mine. Yes. Mine. Cricket bat. <laughs> Trampoline. There's no way. There's no way. Yeah, my touch was <laughs> my touch was dead still, but I was quick and can finish. So, so that There's kind of helped no me. No way. Aspect, We're not gonna so. brush past this. We're, gonna, we're just gonna brush past that. There's no way. <laughs> that's the only thing. That's the only thing I'm good at. He's gonna try to draw me out. Oh, you're saying you're saying your best quality is dead. Bro, you played with me. Why am I getting drawn out today? Why is it me? <laughs> Young trampoline. <laughs> Anyways, what was the question? You thrown him off hard. You okay. thrown him <laughs> off. I love how Shay's hella quiet because Shay knows about <laughs> touch. Shay touches the baddest. That's nah, like bro, nah, bro, your head's just gone, bro. Don't try to reflect it on me, bro. Your head's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to reflect it on me. Your head is gone, bro. My head is gone. <laughs> <laughs> It was, I can't even say it was a spray bullet. Imagine you start shooting. Just bop, bop. Mm. Oh, crazy. I, I was, now, I've got a question on that, though. Like, because yeah. everyone's still kids and growing and whatnot and being quick matters at, like, 15 and whatnot, did the touch and that really affect you? Like, obviously, in training, it's different because it's, like, small, tight stuff in it. But in the matches, like, the trial matches, did you really notice, like, your touch was, I don't know, no, not as set player? You know what I mean? No, definitely not, because... Because as as a striker, I mean, as a striker that I am, my touch doesn't really come into come into play because I just put it in behind. I run after it unless I was scoring all my goals. Yeah, especially so, at that age. Yeah, exactly. So so the technical side didn't really affect me until later on when it got even more technical and more pacey, and I was just not up to scratch. You know what I mean? No, nah, yeah, it's true, it's true. Because I've seen it, I've seen it a lot. Like, there's a lot of men that I know now that were like, they're at academies. They even got their scholars because of what they were doing at 15s, 14s, and stuff. But when everyone caught up with them, because technically they weren't there, and they couldn't do the bully boy thing or the pace thing anymore. Yeah. Obviously, they had nowhere to go in the game, innit? And they, mm. they didn't realize they were, they weren't the star boy that they were in the younger years. And if you're listening and you're one of my boys, it does apply to you. But I still love you same way, innit? You just weren't that guy, innit? But. Trust. Tony, yeah, is your head back? Tony, is your head back yet? I'm trying to find it, I'm honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying this to fact, find it. 
this might be the best episode of all time, bro. We got we got content for days, bro. Like, I don't think this one. I don't think this, this episode's releasing, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> anyway, um trying to get back trying to get back to composure. What I don't get is so was you thrown straight into the deep end as soon as you ended up already? Was it not like um you trained with a development squad or other trialist, or did it just say come ready and come play with people that have already been there for a couple of years? What was that like? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that's what it was. It was come training, there'll be a handful of trialists, and then if you impress, then you, you'll stay around. If you don't, then you're gone. And how often was it like the elimination? Because the way I'm seeing it, it's like some sort of talent show. Like, was it at the end of every single month, one person was getting cut? How quick or how often was that elimination process for players that weren't good enough? I'd say a normal trial was, what, six weeks? Six-week trial. And then if if, if they're still I'm an R and then, what, nine weeks and then review it and then see what happens. But a lot of people would stay around for a while and then um, just slowly see them disappear. So you going, Crow? No, I was just gonna say I think it's better that you get thrown in with the actual team in it. Cause I feel like yeah. if they put you in a team full of trialists, everyone's trying to go Hollywood, everyone's trying to go viral, trying to impress in it. So mm-hmm. there's no like cohesion. Whereas the other guys are more co- comfy because they've been there three years, two years, some since they were eight. So if you're with them, they're trying to bring you into the team so they can win. With the team full of trialists, right? Everyone's just no one cares. They're not gonna care about the result. It's just about getting theirs. So for me. I think it's better if you go in as just like a handful of trialists with the rest of the squad. And, yeah. and, and do they tell you what you're what they're looking for? Do they ever like do like one on ones? You know how like you start a job nowadays, you'd sorry, excuse me, you'd have like a one on one meeting with your director or whatnot, and you kind of tell you what your targets are. Whereas that's kind of the same way in academy football. Like do they say to you, okay, Daniel, we want you we in within this trial period, we want you to show leadership skills, you know off the ball movement, the ladder. Was it literally just no. come training, they throw you the deep end and then it's it's yeah. sink or swim. Literally. Literally just that. Don't know what you need to what they don't you don't know how they play or how they want you to play and what they expect from you is just yeah. if you impress, you impress. If you don't, see you later. Is there anyone that you could say that you played with yeah that you're kind of surprised that didn't make it with you? <laughs> Um, it was like raw, like he didn't make it. That's mad. Uh, the five make it. Um, like I'm talking like when um, like trialists would come in and. That. Oh, okay. So there's a there's a couple people. That's this is later on when it's scholar times and everyone's fighting for a scholarship. But when I first went there, there was one guy that was. Scoring the same amount of goals as me, technically better, probably not as tall as I was at that point. And he he didn't get signed, and then he ended up getting a scholar at Feyenoord. Oh, wow. Not Feyenoord, um, Fenerbahce. Okay. Something crazy like that. And I don't know where he is now, but just as at that age, I don't know what they were looking for or what they expected in me. Yeah. To push me ahead of these other guys, but. There's a lot of people that I've seen and they never got no, past no. that one step. Now let's reverse the question. Was anyone that got the scholar with you that you were like, rah, how are you here? <laughs> no, I, think I, was the, I think I was the deadest. At the, I, was, I was the deadest. I, I scored, but I wasn't, I wasn't like, 
Nah, big yourself. I, I, didn't, I didn't have a promising future. It's not like everyone was looking at me like, yeah, he's the next, next whatever. So now nah, I think everyone that got the scholar and went on further deserved it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the scholar years, right? Um, mm. How old are you? Years, 16, 16, right? years of my life. Uh, six worst years of my life. I can't lie. Why do you say that? That's why I don't like football. It just makes you realize the politics and the business side of football. And it's just like it's long. Um, so let's get into that. What is it that what that switched you off? Because in my in my eyes, for someone on the outside, if I've turned sixteen, school's now no longer a distraction. I'm now moved away to focus on football at digs with people that I've played in the, through the ranks with for a couple of years and I'm actually starting to build some sort of bunchship. That kind of feels like a dream. Every single day, football becomes your full-time job, isn't it? Kind of. Yeah, but I don't like working, so... <laughs> Listen, I mean either, but <laughs> if it's for kicking a ball around, I don't mind it. But no. your experience, obviously, is, is why we're here. So what is it that was starting to turn you off? What did you like? So from... So I got the scholar under 16s, two-year scholar. And around that time, Reading were in the premiership. Um, so obviously there's more money in the club. So they were investing, investing their peas in, in players from up north, abroad, um, different clubs. And giving them one-year scholar, two-year pro, or two-year scholar, one-year pro, so... That in itself was disheartening because they hadn't, not they hadn't shown what they were were worth, but no one knows what they're good at. It's just because they had a price tag on them at that age that they were better, should we say. And this kind of coincided with your position change, didn't it? So do you feel like you had done anything wrong in order to merit that change of position to... To, 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 to fit in that that other player. What was it like for you in your in terms of your relationship with your manager and when this person came in and basically took what was not what was owed to you, but what you was working towards? I think first first couple of sessions we were doing, I remember this so clearly, we were doing a like a, a standard passing drill. And like I said um a couple of minutes ago, technically I wasn't I wasn't there. Touch wasn't there, passing wasn't there, and it was just a simple passing drill touch, pass, touch, and then ping it to another person. And the way I was fucking up this jaw, you think I'd never played football in my life before. And I just remember everyone looking at me and everyone just just thinking, up, why is this guy here? Why is he here? And again, going back to what I said a couple of minutes ago, I was, um, I was a shy kid. And it's only, only after the Reading situations is when I, I started to come out of my shell. So as a scholar, I wasn't even speaking that much to people that I, I didn't really fuck with. So it wasn't helping in that aspect as well. So, and that time, that period of football, it was all big hold-up strikers. And my dad's, what, 6'3", and, and kind of stocky. So the managers are looking at him thinking, oh, when am I going to, when am I going to fill out and, and look like him? Bear in mind, I'm not making no excuses. I'm not making no excuses to why I'm not where some of these other players are. But the other striker that they bought was was 16, six foot plus, beard, fucking built like a man at 16. And me, skinny as anything, um, 
scraping, scraping five ten, five eleven, and technically not there. I'm not holding up the ball. So then I slowly go to fucking um, left wing. Then um, in the preseason games and training and stuff, the ball's coming into me. I'm losing it because the touch isn't there or it's too quick for me. So I don't know what I'm going to do with the ball. I'm panicking, panicking. So then slowly drop back to left back. Um, and yeah, from then on was that first year was just, just, just doo-doo for me, if I'm honest. It sounds like it took a lot, a lot out of you. So where was your headspace at when this was happening to you? And how long with the period of time was this where you were just moving further away from your designated position? Because... Say so so at Reading, I don't know if it was like this for any other youth teams, but there'd be games on Saturdays, which would be the league games, like the under no, the under eighteens Premier League games or whatever. Because Reading were a division one or are a division one academy. So there'll be Saturday games where it's technically the first team of the eighteens and then there would be friendlies on a Wednesday against lesser academies like uh Bournemouth and Porky and all that, you know them lower, they're not lower level clubs, but they're like lower tier academies. So there'll be games on Wednesdays against them. So them games, I'm playing striker, scoring bare goals. Then say I'd be on the bench on a Saturday. I come on for 10 minutes, maybe not even that, at left back. Because what, I don't, I don't know. But the way I just hated football, Hated being there. I would I'd come back to ends every every weekend. Um not go back to digs for time. I'd try my hardest just to get out of training or get out of um even turning up to the training ground. It was just it was a it was a tough one for me still. I think it was like a pride thing because things weren't going well for you. Um and normally growing up you were kind of the star star of the class, if that makes sense in terms of when you played football in your team. To then yeah. having this shift to, oh, am I actually even good enough to be here? Was it the type of thing of where, like, because it was a pride and because you also make you anxious because you were probably worried about your scholar, you were just, instead of just facing your problems, you walked away from it? Yeah, I would say that. And it's not like I lose my scholar because it's a two-year contract, so I can't, All right. can't lose it. But, um, yeah, kind of shied away from it. I didn't go to the managers and ask why I would I just kind of took my foot off the gas from where I got to and just said fuck it did they do do Reading or did they have any sort of support system uh, for yeah, there, was, there, was, there was some guy was like psychology or something he was a loser though no one would rate him his breast tank <laughs> <laughs> I've got a question, though. See, um, when you're, you said you had the Wednesday and the Saturday game, like, mm. Wednesday's obviously against probably, like, cap two, cap three, I think you were yeah. saying. Like, but you're scoring bare goals against them. Was no one, like, obviously this for people that don't know how the academy system works, but did no one, like, approach you for, like, a scholar or, like, a pro because they've seen you play up front and do your thing against their own players who obviously are bad enough week in, week yeah. out? I have no idea, honestly. Like, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you if they were or they weren't. Could have. It would have made a lot of sense if they did, but I have no idea. It would have been nice because it's getting violated playing left back and then scoring on a Wednesday was weird. But 
I'm not too sure. Can't lie. What was the lifestyle though at Diggs in terms of like what you was doing on a week to week basis? And um, you had now had several years of training, like a particular way of training and standard of training. Mm. Uh, could you? How do I explain? How, how do I say it? Like. I know you said yourself you didn't see yourself as the best of the group, but did you still see like an end goal in regards to what you was looking for or where you wanted to be at the end of your scholar? Yeah, how, definitely. How did like how did how did living the life of you know I'm at Diggs, I am technically a footballer. How did that all impact into that to that thought process? Diggs was it was just we say a hotel kind of thing. Had a nice family. Had one of my teammates in there as well. Um, but the food was dead. Oyimbo food was shocking. And then um, come home, I just sit in my room and just talk to my babes and go to sleep, wake up, do the same thing again. Um, what was your question again? Sorry, got <laughs> lost. <laughs> no, that's calm. I'm just saying, like, because you were basically living the footballer's lifestyle. And I think I kind of, this is why I'm interested by people that play for academies and then. Sorry, excuse me for the experiences at Diggs. No, it's not. It's not. It's not really the footballer's lifestyle because I'm what seven, sixteen, seventeen. I'm talking about the first year, sixteen, seventeen. I'm just still getting the bus. We get a bus from the training ground and a bus back to Diggs. Mm. So I'm. It's like I'm going to college. It's yeah. like I'm a college college person, normal person. But when did you when did you start getting a wage then? From sixteen. Right. So you were basically paid to play football though, right? Yeah, weekly. Yeah. And then when did it, like, because, okay, I can get what you're saying, I get what you're saying, how it felt like college, but surely even that gave you a little bit of a taste of what being a footballer was like. And Oh, yeah, yeah. That that, the, the money aspect was lit because no one's really getting, getting money, like, not like that, but not getting paid to play football. So yeah. every Wednesday we get paid. Every man is in Zara. Buying the same clothes as everybody else. I used to buy crepe for fun. Yeah, it was lit. That was the lit part about it. Every Wednesday, Red in Town Center. And <laughs> you also said that you hated it. So whilst I understand why you hated it, surely getting the money um, and obviously being at digs with your teammates constantly, did that not, you know, give you a drive to where you wanted to be after at the end of the scholarship? That's what I was trying to get. Nah, bro. Nah, because it's not life-changing money. Diggs is, it's not like all the men that were there playing FIFA and, and chilling, talking about babes. Mm. It was just, you get back, eat dinner, too tired because you've been training all day. Mm. And then with, with as being a scholar, it was train in the morning and you're just doing bullshit for the rest of the day and you don't leave the training ground till four. So, it's a full day of of nothing, really. So, so you come back tired, sleeping at 10, waking up at 7, doing the same thing again. Oh, no, I'm, sounding bare, I'm sounding bare negative as well, by the way. You're giving a realness. It's your truth, man. I was about to ask, is there anyone that, um, that you can see you brought a relationship with whilst you were there? Yeah, my teammates. My teammates in in my year, um, yeah. still till today, and I could, I could build a few of them, and and we could chop it up for time. 
still got good relationships with most of them. So that that's a that's a positive. Made some good friendships and some some lifelong friendships as well. So mm. I could take a positive out of that. So you did you did you never see yourself making it as a footballer? Lower levels. Yeah. I never I never thought to myself, yeah, I'm gonna go prem. I never wanted to go prem because it's not realistic. Mm. There was one time we had a had a um had like a talk with some guy and they were asking everyone, oh, what do they want to or how what's the highest level they see everyone playing? And it was me and some other guy who came up with the most realistic answers. I think he said League Two or something like that. And I think I said the same. And even that is a stretch when you really think about it. But I don't know, I just I I think it just made me see things differently and kind of realistic because if I was thinking about going prem or or championship even and saying, yeah, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. When I don't do it, what's gonna happen? I'll be fuming, bruv. Yeah. I sounded bare negative. No, we're, listen, we're happy because it's your truth and everyone's stories will be different. And we want you, we ideally wanted you to come on here to basically tell us exactly what your experience was like. So, you know, we re- we're on the outside. We don't know what it's like on the inside. And we now do know that it's not all fairy tales and, and, and wishes. So to hear how your experience went, it kind of helps us and the people listening understand what footballers can go through. Uh, yeah. We had a podcast with, with one of Corral's people, uh, Devonte, uh, and he basically told us about the mental health element and it sounds like you kind of went through the same thing where even though it was your dream to do it and it would be millions of other people's dreams to do it you know it was damning because it it sounds like anyway it wasn't what you expected when you first walked in yeah. do you know what I mean so we, we we do appreciate that um just before I go on to you know, obviously the next chapter um I just wanted to ask quickly in terms of like in terms of training itself right what were the main aspects of the game that Reading were focusing on and what did Reading teach you as a footballer? Free fair. About football, they, they taught me a lot. It was um, tempo compared to Sundays was 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 completely different. Um, the the type of players it was there was solid players, technical, quick, skillful, all 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 different mixes of people. And the main thing that they, they used to focus on is the technique, positioning, and just you see just seeing things before they happen. I don't know how to explain it, but that's the, the one thing that, that sticks with me. It's like you have to know what you're doing with the ball before you get in. And Sunday League, I don't I I never got none of that. I was just turning up on a whenever we were training, training normally, and then that's it. But then getting to an academy is more thinking deeper mm, yeah. thinking outside the box kind of thing suddenly kind of just like rewards rawness doesn't it so it's what you want the ball pace power physique whereas obviously you know academy is football and beyond um, yeah. and I just wanted to so you're not at the end of your scholar um, how did America happen how did that become a possibility so same same kind of situation as the first year. So the second year I was playing on the Saturdays and then I was getting in trouble. I was just doing nonsense. I was hitting 18, I was going to clubs and getting caught and taking pictures of bottles and shit, getting fined all the time. So they stopped playing me, playing me on a Wednesday and I was just scoring bare goals. And there was a 
coach that came from America to speak with us. Um, I think it was Georgia State, and he 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 was he was speaking as oh, if anyone wants to stay behind, stay behind, and we'll talk about the process and how it works and blah blah blah. So I think me and two others stayed behind. Um, a, a guy a couple of years older than us had already gone, so they were telling they were telling us his story, and I was just like, you know what, this sounds sounds alright to be fair. So took my details, um, told me the process, and I said, yeah, by I think January that season, I was like, yeah, I'm going, and just focused on my education from then onwards, and had to get a certain, I think I had to get a certain amount of. I don't even know something in college to to qualify to then do the SATs and then yeah from then onwards I was I was heading to America. And what was it that captured you? What what was it that made you think? Yeah, let me try and figure out what did he say to you that would be different to your experiences at Reading. Honestly, uh, at the beginning I was I was against it, but I told I told my dad and. Being a strong Nigerian man that he is, he said, uh, put your education first and kind of taught me into it. And it was just experiencing America because everyone wants to go there. Everyone wants to to live the life that they live in America. So I was like, you know what? Free education, football's different. Thought, thought it would be a road to the MLS, which is not, but um, yeah, just wanted to change really. Wait, did they did they give you the MLS dream or did you just think, oh, like, it's American, I'm just going to go piss it and then go straight to the MLS sort of thing? No, I'm sure, I'm sure every English person thinks that they could go there and blow, but <laughs> that was that was the main thought in my head. I was thinking, yeah, cool. If I go there, bat it up for a couple of years, I'll be in the MLS. Bro, you, I hear it so much here because you see me, I'm, I'm a... NCAA nerd sort of guy, you know. I mean, all sports mm. like, especially like American football and and and, and uh, basketball. Like, I like to look out, and I'm thinking, I was looking at him, thinking, like, all oh, these man, like, because obviously you you coming from a cat one academy, I know you're gonna get a you know, full scholarship, probably yeah. go D, go D one and stuff. That's a good road, but I'm yeah. seeing man like, and this is actually uh, it's a message to people listening in it because it's okay for someone who's going D one to think they're gonna go to the MLS because you're at that level to get picked but guys are getting scouted for JUCOs and D3s and low mm -hmm. D2 teams and 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 they're thinking yeah like if I bad it up bro you can score 15 million goals in D3 you're mm -hmm. not going to the MLS Trust. you're not going to, and I say that to say if you if you want to go have a free education and you know experience the lifestyle like you're, sell, like you're saying is like the, the benefit of it it's great but don't sell yourself that dream before going without knowing the system. And I'm sure we're going to get into that, but yeah, it's crazy out there, man. Like so many schools, so many levels, like, and like Just, how many people get picked? Literally. And and it's only the D1 schools that get picked as well. Only the D1 schools. You could be, you could be Ronaldo in, in, in a Juco, or you could be a Ronaldo in a, in a D2. You're not getting in. You're not, you're not even getting to the draft. You're not getting close. So, but we'll get into, we'll get into so for people for people that don't really understand the system um, that America have. Could you quickly brief us? So there's N there's NCAA, which is the one that everyone knows about because of March Madness, like the basketball, and then the 
um, American football, which make the the schools huge. So it's all the big schools like Auburn, um, UCLA, Clemson, or you know all of them D one. Um, all of them. All of them D one schools, and and then there's NCAA Division two, which is a step lower, smaller schools, private schools, um, and then. I think there's an NCAA uh, Division Three. I'm not too sure. Yeah, there is. There is. Yeah, and then there's NAIA, which is a completely separate organization, um, which is a lot of a lot of smaller schools. Same kind of same as the NCAA Division Two um, schools, but I think the stigma behind NAIA and NCAA is NAIA is shit and NCAA is the place to be and then there's JUCO junior college yeah because I obviously even to add context to that even if you're D1 it depends where you're playing because yeah like I I don't know about the football system specifically because I've Mm -hmm. never actually watched it but like in terms of like I know with American football and basketball like you have to be in certain conferences with the big schools to be seen so like you need to be playing against your Georgias your Dukes your your like you said, Auburns, Floridas, UCLA's yeah. to get a viewing. You could be at a small school, but you need to be playing against them because you could be in a D one small conference against other schools, small schools, and they'll look at yeah, you. Sure. The competition's not there, so yeah. we're not going to pick you. It's mad. It's so, so mad. The, the system. I think the system there is all is all messed up when you think about it because it's not to do with your playing ability. Me coming from a um, from a uh, Kyrie one academy. I was meant to go D1. I was signed the papers, everything. They only said you have to get a certain amount on your sets. I got like 50 below it. And I ended up signing for a D2 school. What, just because you only got a certain amount of marks? Yeah. That's so you could be you could be the you could be the that's what I'm saying. You could be Ronaldo. If your if your grades aren't there, then you're not going D1. So that's see that's the the benefit and uh, the the curse of it because like obviously it motivates people to do well at school in it like you can if you do well at school there's a pathway for you but at the same time it's like like you said you could be cold and never go past the next level because mm-hmm. you weren't smart enough which yeah. makes no sense because you want to go and make millions doing what you do rather than what you did in the classroom so I've, I've, yeah it's, I didn't think of it like that. Because um, D1, you have to have a 2.5 GPA. Mm-hmm. NEIA Division 2, um, no, NEIA and D2 NCAA, you have to have a 2.0. Did they explain this to you, though, in the process? Like when you no, expl- I had no idea. It's just only when I, when I did my SATs and um, SATs, not SATs. When I did my SATs, um, and I and I didn't get the score. They said, "Yeah, sorry, can't sign you no more." Or if you want to sign, you have to pay something and just go to the school and walk on the team or something stupid like that. So, so wait, so like, what kind of schools did you have? Like, bef- like, say you had passed, like, what kind of school would you have been going I'd, to? I'd have gone. Year? I'd have gone Georgia State if I if I got fifty more points on my SATs, and then sure. when I got my score. Well, I was doing I was doing this for an agency, contacting schools, or they were contacting me for an agency. And when I got 
what I got, I was um, qualified to get into Division Two schools. So that's when they were flying over, coming to my house, talking to me about that, and yeah, ended up signing with the shittest D two school and then NCAA. It wasn't the shittest, but it was terrible. <laughs> you hate everything in it. I swear to God, you hate everything. It was, the, it was just real, bro. It was awful. <laughs> my guy, my guy, was meant to meant to come on. He's just done talking about it because it was that bad of an experience for him. He stayed there for four years. I was only for there for one. And this, this, the whole setup was 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 shambolic. Bloody well, what was wrong? Yeah. So now <laughs> you've come to Cumberland, and what was ah, that? What was that first? first? First school was Lenore Ryan University. Oh, sorry, my bad. But what was that like? Your research, bro. Introduction. (laughs) (laughs) How was that first introduction to American football and the lifestyle? How was that different to your experiences in the UK? First day, fucking 35 degrees, bare running. That's the the one thing about America. It's just you have to be fit because them American boys, I don't know what they're, I don't know what they're drinking, but they can run for days. So in the heat, I was me cocky. I was I was a I was a cocky little shit coming from, um, coming from D one, not D one, um, category one academy. Thinking, yeah, I'm just gonna walk in. I was the best player. I'll say it with my chest. I was the best player there. Um, but it somehow it just didn't work out because the the manager, English guy. Was selling me a dream, but he was a cunt. I'll say that with my chest. He was a cunt, um, and he would, he would, because I didn't even know. Yeah, when I went there, it was roll on, roll off subs in college football. In what? So I'm, in college football, it's roll on, roll off subs. Oh, that's childish. That's so, childish. So I'm starting, and then uh, the rest blowing the whistle, and I'm coming off. He said, "Oh yeah, coming back on." I'm thinking, is this Sunday league, bruv? So I'm fuming. First couple of games, I'm fuming, thinking, yeah, I'm going to be playing. I'm, I'm doing my thing. And then I come off. Yeah, you can have a breather. And then go back on. Shambles. Shambles. Why was this Why was this coach? S-C-U-N-T. Why? What did you, you think he sold your dreams, but exactly what were those dreams? That I'm playing every minute. It's, it's all about me, basically. That's what he was saying, but I'm sure he was saying the same to Emil as well, my boy. Um, to get everyone in, and then he just didn't give a fuck about. It. He didn't know what he was talking about. He was a goalkeeper at that school, and when he retired, I think his wife's parents were endorsing the, the college or the the university. So that's how he kept his job. But we didn't win no games. He had no clue. He was playing the seniors that were dead over the freshmen that were a lot better. Shambles. What was training like? So you said in the UK, right? They're the looking at positioning, technicality. Um, you did, what's, what's that? The training was vibes. It was vibes only. It was just running and vibes. Mm-hmm. So just, in terms of the tactical intake, there was, there was a massive gap, right? There was none. There was none. Wow. None at all. Wow. And then in that first year, you had no idea how the American. You kind of got that, you know, stereotypical view of 
like the Americans don't know what they're doing type of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you... Go on. Go on. I was just going to ask, did you ever come up against any D1 schools in that first year just to see what the levels were in terms of like versus being at a D2 school like with the talent no. that you're with versus what they've got? No, only when I... Only when I moved schools um, do we then play against D1 schools in scrimmages. It's not even a friendly, it's a scrimmage. I call it a scrimmage. Um, against what? Schools. Yeah, it's friend, a scrimmage. A it's not friendly. Yeah. Don't fucking come here. Scrimmage. What does that even mean? God knows. I'm surprised they don't call it exhibition. <laughs> it's childish, bro. Scrimmage. Were, were, were the rules the same? Because you said there was roll on roll off subs, but was any other rules the same? Like, obviously, was any other rule, sorry, that was, you know, Different. bad in contrast to just normal football? Uh, it, was, it was normal football. Roll on roll off subs. Or roll on roll. Yeah, wherever them subs. Um, 45 minutes only. Like, there'll be a countdown in the last 10 seconds. Of the four, of the first forty five and then the last forty five. So just to and clarify, there'd be there'd be no stoppage time or added time, no. whatever. No, man, man said they're counting down for buzzer beaters. In football, <laughs> bro. That's crazy. Literally. So what happened in like. <laughs> so did you did you still get extra time and and penalties and cup games and stuff? Um. So in normal um league games or whatever they're called. Which is, which is weird about America. It's not league, it's conference. There's different conferences and you have conference games and then the rest of the games are just a filler. So you can just play against any random D2 school um, and then you have about seven or eight conference games and that's it, season done in three months. But, Wait, um, is, your, is your record... Sorry to cut you off. Is your record based on your conference games was it everything all together so like you could like stuck pad your record playing against like crap teams er, that aren't in your er, conference yeah you can, so 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 if the if the school's clever you can set up say eight eight um shit schools and then win all of them win the conference games and you'll you'll you got a clean clean season 16 and 0 or something like that Hey, this America thing is for Gazy, man. I ain't gonna lie. Wow. You might have to skip this and go straight to Cumberland because it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna have to yeah, come to the conclusion shit. that this school wasn't it, man. It wasn't it. Was it? Anyone listening that wants to go to America, do not go to the North Ryan University. Where, where is it based? North Carolina. Fuck them. Oh, man. That's MJ Town as well, man. Uh. <laughs> so, what came across the, the transfer from school to school? Because I didn't go class and I was, I think my GPA was 1.6. You had to have a 2.0. I was getting Ds and Fs and everything. It was it was a shambles. So I had to, they kicked me out at the end of the day because my GPA wasn't wasn't good enough. Mm. Um, so I had to do summer, summer school to get my GPA back up to a 2. And then I went to... An agency again to go to Cumberland, which is an AI school. Well, I've got you see, like obviously, I watched last last chance you and them kind of shows there, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you see, like the school thing, they've always got like that guidance counselor, a teacher that basically does their work for them, and it, nope. the work looks very easy as well. Is it actually easy? 
that's but that's Juco though, isn't it? So I don't know if it's the same. Like, but it looks like they're doing like simple work, but they just can't be bothered doing it. That school, for some reason, the work was hard. And then I went to Cumberland, it was easy. But there's no, there's, at, at, the first, at my first school, there was no, there was no one pressuring me to, to get my grades up. It was just, I was left on my own. So I was like, fuck it, I'm not going. And then, um, but yeah, I went to, went to Cumberland and that's where I found found the love for football again. So now it's gonna we're gonna lighten up a bit because it's, it's, it's been a bit depressing, but we're lit now. Nah, yeah. Well, so what made Cumberland different? What made Cumberland? What what got you loving football again? What the three? Just the the environment. The training was 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 a lot better. I had an Irish Irish coach. Um, he he knew what he was doing. He'd, he'd incorporate the running with football more tactics. We'd watch um, old games back, do the, um, we'd analyse and then figure out how we're going to fix it and technical stuff, set pieces, just just, just what I was used to kind of. And they respected, they respected my thing as well because they knew where I came from. They knew I had a, had a shit time in, in, uh, in North Carolina and they kind of respected me, and I think that's why I kind of needed. Because at a young age, you're you're fragile, isn't it? and your ego can get bruised easily. So, just need someone to to kind of take you in and 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 understand you for for who you are. And I think that's. I was going to ask, bro. Like, see, when you was out there, you um you was by yourself in it, as like your parents were still yeah. in England. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you didn't really have like someone to kind of turn to in a sense in a sense of kind of in a sense homesick slightly right definitely yeah so I, mem- I remember the first time I went there my first my first week it didn't um, it was hot like unbearably hot and I think training finished and it rained for the first time mm. and I cried I sat out in the rain and I cried I was like this is this is mad but it's a, it's a mad wake up call because um, thousands of miles from home. Yeah, I can call. I can call people. Had my missus there, not there. Had my missus here, so I could call whoever I wanted to call. But still, it's 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 just not the same. The same. Yeah, of course, it would never be the same. Like, like actually having the physical, physical thing still. So I can imagine how like testing that. Like, what you was eighteen? Yeah, went out there when I was eighteen. Yeah, still. So yeah, man. I I, I hear it. it, it it's a lot to take on still. Did they give you, like, obviously, because it's expensive to fly over there and stuff, did they give you, like, allowances to, like, go home even, like, Christmas or whatever? No, like? no they, didn't pay for, they didn't pay for flights, but I went back every chance I, I could get. Spring break, Christmas, whenever. Thanksgiving sometimes, just just because I missed it. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Londoner from through and through, so... Going from from London, big city to middle of nowhere, North Carolina, or middle of nowhere, Tennessee, was a big shock. So any chance I got, I'd, I'd go home. But luckily, I was one of the few that was on a full ride, so I didn't really have to pay for anything. Food was paid for, school was paid for, housing was paid for. So I say that's a plus. But and you were still earning, you were still earning a wage, right? No. Oh right. No, don't get paid. So, you, so all of these um, big basketball, football games, they don't get a penny. 
Wow, fair enough. They, they only just changed that this year as well, that they can make money from like their likeness this from this year on, onwards, bro. Yeah, like they can get like sponsorships, they can like make money off YouTube to talk, like use their face in commercials and whatnot. Yeah, like there's a whole thing about it. They literally just changed it this year. There was times where I was hungry, bro. There was times where what the, the credit on, on my card was not card, my student ID had run out, so I couldn't get food. I'd sleep for dinner, bro. Or well, even on the full ride? Yeah. Because you get you get the 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 cafeteria food, and then you get like a extra hundred dollars on top from taking a subway and Domino's and that. Once that runs out, and you're hungry, how long's that um, money meant to last you for? A semester. Huh? Hundred dollars mm-hmm. for a semester? Something like that, yeah. So the way we we're finessing other people's cards, Walmart was an hour away. This is the first thing I'm talking about. Walmart was an hour away. Like, it was a myth. If you haven't got a car, you're not going nowhere. That's outrageous, bro. Were you allowed to work? Were you allowed to work? Get a part-time job? Yeah, you could work on campus. (laughs) On campus, but if if you're working outside, it was a um, crash-in-hand job. They're hard to find. Well, they were hard to find, but yeah, I never did that. I was blessed. I was blessed in that aspect because my parents would would nice me every month. So I didn't, I didn't really need to work, but a lot of men were were were, were struggling still. It's kind of mad to hear when you think like mm. they do this thing about student athletes and they're fine tuning you, you know, to have a good athletic career and a good educational career, but the nourishment isn't there on the yeah. you know make sure you're eating properly because then they're gonna get you to run like. Miles. Hard during the day, do you know what I'm saying? You're running mm. crazy on no food. Nah, it's, it's mad. But like I said, it's always about the glitz from the outside. It always just like the glitz and glamorous. But man, we're really struggling out here, you know. It's the real shit, man. It's that real shit. I'm now, real. Just, just to bring it back. Sorry, Chris, just to bring it back to hold that thought. Just to bring it back now to the football aspects. Yeah. Uh, said that you every game you played, you watched you watched the game back, right? Um, mm. Now with this Irish manager. In comparison to your manager at Reading, what was he looking at in terms of what he wanted his team to excel from? What was a good footballer in his eyes, and what was he trying to teach you while she was playing for Cumberland? Technically, there you had to, you had to technically be there, work hard, um, know what you're doing. There's a lot of men on the team that didn't know what they were doing, but the ones that were playing know what you're doing. Football-wise, have a football brain, and he kind of tried to teach that because he'd, he'd we'd be doing sessions and and stop. Oh, do this, do that. Instead of um, at my second, at my first school, it was just everyone just do what they want kind of thing. But it was that it just reminded me of of um, just academy coaching because it's the fine tuning, the, the 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 little things that a lot of people don't notice that he was he was picking up on and 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 and, and working on with us. Sorry, what do you want to say? No, I was just uh, literally it was just gonna be a passing comment saying like every man I know that's been America, none of them will come back happy, you know, like for yeah. the most part because what they thought was it, what they thought it was gonna be versus what it was, it's just mad. So that's the time with your glitz and glamour thing, bro. 
That kind of worries me. I've got a cousin in America right now, still. Yeah, check on him. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he's young though. He's young though, isn't it? Uh, yeah, he's nineteen. I want to say. Oh, that's oh, a different cousin. Ah. Uh, Send them Send them peas. Send them peas. Say that again. Say that again. Say that again. I can't hear you lot. Send them peas. Send them peas. Yeah. I uh, know nah, his family's got him, so his family's nice. His family's nice, though. You better hope so. You better hope so. No. His family's nice, though. Daniel, like, you're now playing for, what, let's say, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the whole, like, school system in America. Mm. So, obviously, freshman is, like, our version of year seven, isn't it? And then, like, sophomore is, like, our version of year eight. So I say first year, second year, third year, fourth year. Yeah. What's the third year called again? Junior. 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 So let's say you're on the junior to senior year now at Cumberland. Mm-hmm. What was you looking to do? Was you just trying to wrap up school and come home? Or were you trying to think, let me try and stay and break into you? Because I'm sure there was like, uh, I may be wrong about this, but there's community clubs that act, act like feeder clubs to MLS B teams or... Yeah, yeah. What's the difference? So, um, USL. USL, did you think maybe let me try to break into that and stay and try and make a career for yourself in America or was you just happy to end it all and come home? Yeah, it was a, it was a thought. So my junior, I never, I never, it never crossed my mind until, well, I never really thought about it until my senior year because mm. them three years were, were, were great for me. I scored um, 20 goals each season, um, won, a, won a conference championship in my junior year, um, player of the week every other week and shit like that. So I was enjoying myself. Then senior year comes and everyone's asking me, oh, what, what's your plan? So I'm like, yeah, let's, let's see what happens. So then um, same as the other season of scoring and then season finishing now. Um, and then I get, a, I get an email from a USL team to come trial. So I'm thinking, yeah, cool. This could, this could be interesting. I kind of wanted to come home because um, my missus is here and family and that and didn't want to be there. But I said, yeah, let me give it a try. Went to the trial. About 70 men <laughs> at one trial, bro. 70 men. What team was this? <laughs> um, Charlotte Independence. <laughs> 70 man at one trial and you know them ones where no one has never played with with each other before yeah. and then there's man from D1 there's man from D2 there's man from NAIA I knew a couple of the players there and the D1 man are coming in their full track suit saying yeah I play for Duke I play for this I remember I can't I remember this one guy he was he was he was gassed he played for Duke he was the stiffest baller though um <laughs> And and them trials, it's just like everyone for themselves. There's there's four teams, and you play 11, 11 aside, a full game. But centre backs are trying to dribble the whole pitch, score from the halfway line. Jeez, it sounds like me. It sounds like me right there. Nah, chill, chill, chill. <laughs> Wait, you forgot about cricket, but I'm sorry. <laughs> one person, one person I can't take. I'm not taking criticism from his corral. There's no way in hell corral can draw me up. Hey, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. Continue. Those yeah, but defenders trying to dribble up the pitch and score from the halfway line. Yeah, and and midfielders doing messy and trying to run for everybody, and I'm playing up front, making my runs, 
trying to get on the ball and nothing's happening. So it was pointless in the end and nothing came of it. I don't even think they signed any of the 70 players. I've got a question, yeah. yeah. Like, even... Well, most of them Americans. Like, that's the first part of the question. Yeah. And uh, um, I think majority, majority are American, but there was a lot of um, internationals there as well. Oh. And then come to find out afterwards, they're only signing 10 players and there's a cap on how many international players that they can get. So the other part of it is, you see, like... In England, for the most part, like if you're technical, like for the most part, if you're technically good at ball, you play at a decent level. You've got a reasonable grasp on like tactical awareness in it. Like you know how to play the game. You know how to mm-hmm. like. What's it like with the the natives over there, the Americans? Like, do they like even if they've got, te- do they know how to play the game, or like are they behind on that side of it? If you know yeah. what I mean, very behind. Technically, they're not the best, but physically, they're there. Like they'll run all day, strong, whatever, but they're no football brain and no technique at all. But they're more likely to to make it in their own country because of the cap and just because of where they come from or who they are. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You also have like to to battle with arrogance because obviously the way we see things, the way we see football, we think football should be played our way. And obviously yeah. they're going to sit there and think football should be played their way. So did you ever come across people or even people in your own team where you're like, as a striker, you want the football to come to you a certain way, innit? Mm. So did you ever have to come across certain man and tell him how you want it and then turn around and like, mm, why are you telling me how to play ball? This is how I play ball. Did you ever have an experience like that? No, because I think there was a mutual respect there and the coach knew what my strengths were and the midfielders feeding me the ball or Defenders feeding me the ball, they would kind of adapt to his playing style or my playing style. So it kind of worked out. I was I was lucky on that half, on that part. I mean, um, yeah, there's no conflict with the Americans. But to to be fair, even with that though, like football should we play the European way or the South yeah. American way, not the North American way? Because that's got nowhere. That's got nowhere. So, like. So when you do get to that stage, obviously you've gone to the USL trial. Did you ever like, because obviously I'm going off what I've seen on like videos and last chance you and stuff. Like, did you send tape off or were you just expecting to get, like in England, we don't really send videos to people in it. They're like, they come and find us, scout us. Is that what you're expecting? Or did you actually get down to like putting tape together and sending it out to coaches and whatnot? No, I always, always had a tape. Oh, after every season, I always made a little little highlight tape. Um, but I never sent it out because it's the, not a pride thing. But I just don't think I don't think it reaches people. Because mm. could you imagine how many how many players are sending tapes and they're not watching? So my, I'm, I'm sure my coach just said he knows a few people. He'll he'll put the word out. He'll send the tape or whatever. Nothing came of it. But me personally, I never I never put myself out there like that. Bit of a bit of a regret, but still, it was. I think it, I think it worked out for the best to me coming home anyway. And did you, when you are thinking about coming home, when you think about, you know, going back into like the non-league system and trying to think, or did you just want to be home and get on with? Yeah, hundred percent. As soon as soon as I, as soon as that trial was over, and then in the spring season where we were just training, I was like, yeah, I'm going non-league. Everyone was looking at me like I'm crazy because they thought non-league is like pub football and 
fat man just um, kicking the ball long and fights and shit like that. But I said, no, I'm going on league. I'm just going to wait my time. If something happens, it happens. If it if it doesn't, it doesn't. So, yeah, I came back and um, luckily I'm, I'm a PFA member. So I just put on there that I was a free agent and club started to come in and sent my highlight tape to people and started from there, started from scratch, basically. And, like, what... Obviously, you played in non-league now, so you're quite familiar with, like, the system there. Mm-hmm. Like, what step were you thinking you're going to go into and did, like, playing in America for those years kind of, like, set you back or make yeah, you ready for that step? Like, what, what step? Like, were you trying to go no. conference it's... or top Ryman? Like, where was you thinking? I had, I had no idea what was going on. So, um... I came back not knowing the steps, not knowing what Ryman Prem was or what Ryman South and Conference was. I just had to learn, kind of. So came back and was on the PFA website and clubs were messaging me to come for trials and that. And I would have gone, but I think I was emailing around um, Ryman Prem teams and uh, got a trial with... With, with a couple of them went to a couple and um, signed for a Ryman Prem team and me going to America they didn't respect they didn't respect my team at all like they thought I wasn't ready for men's football which I wasn't at that time yeah but America really set me back on that that half because on that part because if I if I, I, I always thought this when I came back I was like if I just stayed and and kind of stuck out playing football. I could have climbed up the ranks, but I kind of delayed my my progress by going to America and then coming back. And no one's respecting that I've played for four years. It's not really men's football. So yeah, because it's, it's essentially like playing like no disrespect to it over there, yeah, but it's yeah. like playing twenty threes for four years, but at a lesser level than you would yeah. like if you was in, like, even a cat-free academy, do you know what I mean? Because in the English system, anyway, how it's viewed, because yeah. now you're coming 22, no first team, because there's no first team in in, Amer- in, in America like that, unless you go mm. get drafted. So you've got no first team ball. They're looking at you the same way they're looking at, you know, a fresh 18-year-old that's come from an ac- academy or yeah, even through their ranks, in it. So what was that? I'd say, I'd say it was, it's, they looked at it less... They looked at it as lesser than under twenty threes or under twenty ones because I'm not. I'm. It's why. What, what I think is like you man went uni, you know. Everyone went uni. Everyone's uni had a football team. Mm. I'd say it's the same. It's the same here as it is in America, but it's just more glorified in America because it's. Um, it's America. <laughs> it's America. Yeah, basically. Because like um, even here, like you hear about like. Uni-wise, like Loughborough, like their yeah. first team's meant to be like crazy. Like they're basically semi-pro. Like they play on Saturdays too. Like, but someone will turn their nose up at that if they got given, even like the situation you were in your first one. Like with, was it Lions? That we don't even need to name them, man. North Carolina yeah. guys, yeah. but you know what I mean. Like they'll say, "Oh, let me go there. I'm getting shouted to go America." But realistically, you've probably got a better team in England. And uni as well. You can go uni and play Saturday ball at the same time because it doesn't mm-hmm. get in the way. But we don't know those things 
at 18. So if you were like looking back at it, would you lean towards the staying or the going, like factoring in the life experience that you got living out there as well? That's a good question. Football-wise, I would have stayed. Mm. Because anything could have happened. I could have I could have waited outside for um a lower lower down academy or even started a non-league and worked my way up from there. So football wise I, 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 I wish I stayed, but life wise I'm I'm happy I went because came back it sounds mad, but it sounds mad cheesy, but I came back a man kind of thing. Had my independence, had my um life experiences, I enjoyed myself, um kind of got to know me as a person, came back a new man. And yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change that. But, but I'm going to flip this on you though, in a yeah, way where, yeah. because you were to, like, obviously now we've livened up, you know, you spoke about America, the good thoughts are coming back now, but mm. the way you was talking about Reading and where your headspace was at the time, if I'm looking at it, even not even knowing you before today, but like think about like this guy who's like disgruntled at football, he's not really feeling, he hates it at the moment. And it took a spark like America to refuel it. Do you think there was more of a possibility of you dropping out of football together through hating it because you're closer to home now? Like you're trying to play ball here, maybe it doesn't work. You stop playing. Yeah. Whereas over there, like you're like, I'm here now, and I've got to just make the most of it and enjoy it. Do you get what yeah. I'm trying to say? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Probably, probably. Who knows if I'd be playing at the moment if if I stayed? So it's a blessing in disguise. Because I hear it all the time. There's people people I even played with um, at Reading that after they got released after a scholar or a one-year pro that they just gave up because it's just taken too much out of them. So I guess it's a blessing that I had the opportunity to go and get an education at the same time and enjoy football. And my last question in America, actually, before I start to get back into non-league, see how, like, you were saying you were getting in trouble for going out, like... Um, at 18, popping bottles, doing what 18-year-olds do Reddit. at Reading. No, that's at Reading. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, you go to America, the drinking age is 21 and stuff. What's the enjoyment side like? Because obviously, it's almost like you're more advanced. You've been going out clubbing or you're going to a place where people have never seen that. They've never, probably never yeah. drank before they got to uni. Like, what are they like in terms of the, the party side and handling that day-to-day Whereas you're probably used to it because you did it while playing at Reading. So yeah, what's the differences? Um, so I say it depends on the school and the area. So mm-hmm. my my first school um, was predominantly white people. Yeah, like lacrosse players and baseball players. You know them country men that that, uh, that have the tobacco in their mouth and they spit and. Yeah, and some country man, cowboy boots. So, so the the party life there wasn't that great. And then I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, which is a big, which is a big city. That year, I was what nineteen, got a fake ID, so I was twenty one for for majority of my time there. And it was it was fun. House parties were lit. More black people. So the party side was 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 good, but the Americans don't know how to they don't know how to do it. And you think you think that there's there is big parties. We had some huge parties, floors caving in, like police, people jumping off roofs, shit like that. But 
they still don't know how to party. They don't have to handle it because they can't really access the alcohol, access that party life until they're 21. So they just try to go as hard as possible while they're 18, 19, 20. So it just ends up bad every time. Yeah, because you you know it is yeah like when I see them them Project X party, um, like everyone jumping off roofs and doing the mad thing, it just reminds you of the eighteen year old that just moves too erratic in the club yeah. and ends up falling yeah. asleep and getting yeah. kicked out on their yeah. first night out, bro. It doesn't make yeah. me think you're yeah, lit. At the club and that. You know what yeah. I mean? It it doesn't scream to me like you're lit. It makes me seem like you don't know how to handle alcohol, sort of thing, innit? But I just thought I'd throw that in because. Yeah, I yeah, gotta talk about that shit. God, you gotta get into it. But back to football quickly. Yeah. And just to catch Tony up, because you know, he's 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 a bit uh, I think he's been away for a minute or he's been trying to find his head or his touch. I don't know which one it was. But you can't um, draw me out. Bro, stop shouting, bro. No one's talking to you, bro. Stop shouting, bro. Man's nibbling on live, he's biting hard. How can you embarrass bro. me like this on my own platform? Bro, you're Listen, you brought your friends. Your friends decided to embarrass you in front of your other friends. Now we're all joining in, bro. You get rushed now. It is what it is. Enjoy it, man. <laughs> Excuse me, I was about to ask an in-depth question, actually, by the way. So, you know what I mean? Cool. Save your head to yourself. Um, so, like, coming back to the... Like we said, we you came to do the steps. Um, obviously, they weren't really taking the American team football. Uh, American situation, seriously, in the English game. Mm-hmm. How was... Now, like sticking to like the, the theme of like tactics and adjusting to the game, how was it now adjusting back into like men's football in England in non-league? Because that that's that's the wilderness. That's the crazy mm-hmm. place, non-league. So, how did you find it going back into it, and how did you adjust? How was the coaching in comparison to what you had for four years before that? Honestly, um, so my so my first club, I came back and trialed and they, they gave me or they signed me basically um, but I wasn't ready for men's football so they uh, they loaned me out should we say to the league below so step four mm. um, just to get just to get used to it the training in non-league depending on the coach and depending on the facilities and the money isn't that great should I say so the club that I was loaned out to their training was once a week if that and it was just um, small sided games five aside whatever for the whole session maybe a bit of running but I kind of enjoyed that more because it's serious but it's not serious if you know what I mean so you still get to enjoy still get to get that physicality and and experience that you need in men's football and I and and I needed it so I said fuck I said fuck the Ram and Prem team let me just come here play my games get my experience and get my name out there. And I slowly started to to do my thing, scoring 20 goals a season. And I feel like now, I was, I was ready after that season, but COVID came and then I'm ready to go back up to where I'm in Prem. So I signed for the, I signed for the team that I first signed for um, when I first came back and hopefully that will go a lot better. Is that just so that people can keep track? Uh, Hendon, Hendon FC. Are oh, they a good club still? Yeah. So I went when I went there at first. It was it wasn't for me, but change the manager, change the team. And they play on four G in it. Yeah, yeah. Got yeah. A one as well. Eesh. I, I don't feel like I was. I don't feel like I was respected there. Like 
they saw me as a young kid that just come from America and I don't have a clue what's going on. And now, so I, I trialed for them and now they shouted me to come back. So I see it as kind of a progression and hopefully, I'm old now, but hopefully it's uh, let's keep going up. Mm-hmm. And now that with your experiences, um, could you tell us, you know, which was better for you? I kind of did get quite an idea from you talking about which side was better for your personal development and for your own enjoyment in regards to football. Did you prefer academy ball with Reading or did you prefer college ball with, with Cumberland? Yeah, I'd say I preferred college football to academy football yeah. because academy football is more like a job. It is a job. Like, you get paid to to play. And it's a lot more serious. There's a lot more benefits that can come from it. But college football for the enjoyment and experience and playing and getting to know yourself and learning at the same time on the pitch and off the pitch to to help you in the future. So I'd say I'd say college football all day. Now also looking back, obviously in the last ten years. So when this really started, yeah, yeah, last ten years when this already started for you, and now this chapter of your life, would you could you say you have any any regrets into how things went? Or is there anything that if you were to repeat these last ten years, you'd do differently? No, man, no, uh, because I feel like everything happens for a reason, isn't it? So all of the fuck ups that I made and and beating myself up and not taking shit serious, and then the enjoying has kind of made me into uh, a, a more rounded person so no, I don't regret nothing in this life bro <laughs> I like to hear it and last but not least anyone that's listening to this thinking of any idea of like going to the US be truthful don't be worried yeah. about sounding it what, what would be your words of wisdom for anyone trying to go to the US to play ball don't don't think it's it's a road to the MLS don't think it's a road to the MLS because the likelihood of that is is very, very slim. Slimmer than going pro here. Mm. So don't think it's a road to MLS, but enjoy the experience because there's 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 so much opportunities there. You can obviously not everyone gets a free education, but you can get a somewhat free education, play football in front of big crowds. And then there's even there's even summer ball. There's even summer league and get to travel and, and shit like that. So there's, there's a lot more exp- uh, experiences out there than there is here, I'd say. Right. And it's just enjoyment of going to the right place enjoy yourself. And what's next for Daniel Williams? What are you going to do now? Just, just... just non-league, bro. Collect my peas. <laughs> score my goals. And come home, show my daughter. You feel me? Bills <laughs> 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 paid, kids fed. That's the one. Exactly. Goal scored. And goal scored. Yeah, goal scored for some. Come on. But for no, Daniel, not you know. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wondering, right? 
I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking, I haven't played this. Hey, this whole episode, Tony has been getting grilled, bro. Oh, no, it feels good for once, you know. It no, why? Because I can take it. Listen, right? No, 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 no. no. We're I, not haven't, done. We're not I done. haven't put, I haven't played football consecutively and consistently for a full course of a season um, since I left university. Man's put a bit of a belly on now. Do you get me? But he said I, he's gonna, I, he said I, he's gonna get golden boot. He's no, I didn't. Tell the truth, Daniel, man. You're, you're, not you're not a liar. You're not a liar, man. Tell the truth. What did I say? Tony, you played centre back. What did I say? Oh, he said he'll get. He said he'll get second. He'll, he'll get second top goal scorer hey, from Daniel. Daniel, 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 you see this guy here, bro. <laughs> he keeps bringing every. I think every month or every other month, a few months here, I see that same screenshot from that article. Yeah, he yeah. scored ten <laughs> goals from ten goals from centre back. He never let us go. It was 10 years ago, bro. Let it go, bro. It was six years ago and it was 15 goals. I saw that that last week about five times. He said he's getting second top goal scorer. Seven. Seven years ago. Guys, you need to understand, right? I score goals. (laughs) When I used to play football, football, I was scoring goals. When I was at Our Lady, ask Tumba. Tumba's on next for this podcast. Ask him. That was 15 years ago, bro. But it still happened. What? 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 So you're telling me, telling me, Ali, you can't tell Alan Shearer he's a backman because you were scoring goals 15 years ago. He did it. He did it. You're talking about under 12s, bro. Nigga, I might be Alan Shearer. And what? What if I cut this in? For everyone that's listening, yeah, I've just joined Daniel's team. I'm going to be playing with them on Wednesdays, training Wednesdays, and I'll be playing on the Sundays, right? We put on a little wage between me and him. Daniel clearly is going to get top goal scorer. He is. He's probably the best there. But I'll give myself a personal challenge, right? No, 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 no. This is not a personal challenge. You said it's happening. All right. It's not a challenge. You said it's happening. Hey, Daniel, Daniel, do me one favor before he makes this statement, yeah? Clip this next statement and send it to your teammates <laughs> in the group chat bro, so they, they know exactly know. what they did. They already know. <laughs> they already know. I've set myself a personal target of becoming second top goal scorer. And you know no, what? It's not a target. You said you're going to do it. You know what? It's funny in football, yeah? I, what if I do that in five goals? Give me my props. Give me my props. Yeah. I don't take, yeah. I'm not going to take penalties. I'm not going to take free kicks, but I don't lose headers. No, no, no. You so said you'll take three kicks. You said you want to take free kicks. I want to take a couple. I don't think I'll be able to get, I don't think they'll let me, but I want to take a couple. But. Hmm. Hmm. I, I already see, I don't even know, I don't know the manager. Listen, I don't even know the manager. I'm already t- they're already telling me, ah, oh, yeah, Tony, Tony centre back. <sighs> it is what it is. Challenge accepted anyway. It is what it is. Hey, Tony, you better not meet those those strikers. You better not meet those strikers. Yeah, stay with us because the season starts soon. We'll give you an update uh, near the end of the, near the end of next season. So summer 2023, you'll get an update in regards to how my numbers went. Um, and if they went well, the way I'm gonna be talking, you see, he's given up. I bet you'll give up before before Christmas. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Hey, Tony. Yeah. I think yeah. I think we already have F and Jeff that play in it. Mm. Shay, me and you, yeah, we need to go find a Sunday league team, bro. Let's all just come in like at Christmas. Let's go talk about our seasons and if we gave <laughs> up, if we're playing, if we're scoring dead. goals. Oh. Let's do it, bro. Me, I, my I, I don't know what team I would find to play for, bro. I like me. I I'm playing like last ten minutes of every game, bro. I'll be real. Like, me, yeah. my pregnancy, I'll embarrass all of you, bro. Your pregnancy, bro. My only, your pregnancy. My bro. only, my only competitor. <laughs> my only competitor in this thing is F, and you know it. Nah, Jeff, Jeff, bro. Bro, 
Jeff. If I'm going to say it now, Jeff, Jeff's the best bowler in B- Bowler's Corner, bro. Oh, we're going to stop it right there. So guys, thank you for listening. Yeah. <laughs> I am fucking Thank you. Really appreciate you coming on and telling us. Wait, no, Tony's not even Tony's not even top three in Ballers Corner, bro. Thank you for all listening. Thank you for coming to Ballers Corner. Find us on Twitter at Ballers without the E. That's B A L R S Corner. We also have we've also launched a new TikTok that Shade's going to be handling just a little pro clubs thing there. Obviously, I can't jump on pro clubs because I actually have a job. These lot don't. But come see, come what? see my dude. What? What? Actually, <laughs> no. No, so you can't have me. Listen, you see the trampoline touch talking bare, bro. Uh, I'm not having this, bro. Anyway, yeah, we come find us on TikTok. It's Ballers Corner Pod on TikTok where we where we come on pro clubs and we do absolute shenanigans. Come see our role to Division One and listen to the man kind of just wind down, you know, more banter stage, less football analysis, let football talk, just get to know us a little bit more. Um, we also have more pods in the works as well. Uh, we've got some more special guests. Of course, thank you for Daniel for coming on. But we've also got plenty more that are coming. So please, please listen and well, watch out, really. Karel, you got anything to say, anything to plug? Uh, yeah. Um, basically, Ballers Corner is, you know, taking over the summer in it. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep rocking. We're going to keep rolling. You know what I'm saying? And when these guys, you know, you guys are listening, you know what I'm talking about. When you're back off holiday and you've done your preseason runs, come and see me on Ballers Corner. You know, my boys, you know, we're going to try to get some good guests on. You know, we've had we've had a nice array so far, man. We've had four guests and four different stories, so I'm I'm happy. And listen, man, the only thing to plug is, is, is Ballers Corner, man. That's what I'm pushing, man. We're pushing BC all, all summer long, all year long. Mm. And the last thing I want to say is, and Daniel, I need you to repeat after me in it because it's the slogan, Ooh. it's the motto, it's what we live by. And your story is the definition of it, bro. From Reading to North Carolina to America to non-league to happiness, bro. And what we say Ooh. is progression in football is not linear. I need to hear it from you, brother. Amen. Progression I- in football is not linear. Hey. Hey. Before you lock it off. I'm the best at football in Ballers Corner. Bro, Tony, Tony said he's getting second uh, top goal scorer. Tony, Tony might be the fourth best in the Ballers Corner family. Why? 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 Jay comes on at 3 0 and then it ends up 4 0 to the opposition. So, anyway, all I'm trying to say is, yeah. You're not funny. You lot, that's, you that's lot, that's lot, trying to, you lot have tried me today. Man, them tune in in a year's time. The numbers will speak for themselves. Thanks for, thanks for listening, innit? I hope you talk about streaming numbers, not goal numbers, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I hate all of you for real. Can you really step with gang? We pull up two step and flesh with man. We pull up these bodies that we love in a gang. We pull up great stench, what you smelling on, man?